I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, welcome back to Card Talk. And we've got a big episode today. Lots to talk about. A lot of exciting stuff from the weekend we want to get into. We've got an awesome interview planned today with Lee Steinfeld, uh, a.k.a. Leonhart from YouTube. He's a uh, big player in the Pokemon game right now. He's got almost a million subscribers on YouTube. So we've got a nice interview set up with him. We're going to we're gonna get into in a little bit. But going to kick it off uh, today with a mailbag. So pass it over to Tyler and get started with uh, with that. Yes, sir. All right, so we uh, we got a couple different things in here today, and let me see where the question is from Skins to Fins Collector. We appreciate you reaching out, Jack. Jack says, "Really enjoyed the first episode. In what order would you guys rank the current markets for hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, and football?" Okay, so. Right. Yeah. The way that I like to frame a lot of these things up is your day to day working in your shop, customers coming in, customers coming out. What are you seeing? What's hot? Right now, definitely basketball. Basketball is number one. It's it's not really not really close. I think it might vary across the country, but in terms for me, it's definitely going to be football, too. I live in a college town, you know, being 10 minutes from Ohio State really helps. so for me, it's going to go basketball, football. Recently, I would put soccer three. I've sold a lot of finest soccer, a lot of chronicle soccer. I know we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so I would probably go basketball, football, soccer, baseball, and then hockey. I do sell a lot of hockey, but the hockey market's just not going to be able to really compete with baseball or, or even soccer at the moment. So that's what I would get. But Lou, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. I think like... For me, I would say basketball, football. For me personally, it's going to be baseball ahead of soccer, but I understand soccer is a pretty big marketplace. And then hockey coming in last for sure. Yeah. the que- I want to boil the question down a little bit of like which is which has the most demand for product right now. And I, there's a lot of different ways we can look at that, a lot of ways we can think about that. Obviously, the explosion of basketball globally Mm-hmm. over the last five to 10 years has far surpassed the growth of baseball, of hockey for sure. And I think why you're seeing soccer climb a lot is because if you're recently into basketball in the last 10 years, NBA culture, and you're coming into the card game, that's going to be number one. So if you're a new consumer, a new, uh, you're like, okay, basketball, obviously, boom. If it's more, if you've been around a lot longer, I think it started with baseball. You understand the dynamics, and now there's probably been an increase in product on the basketball side. Mosaic just came out. Prism now is only eight years old, um, and I think why people are feeling soccer is ripping hot because there's probably a, a convergence of both newer product coming out, a la what we just saw with Chronicles, um, and also an explosion here in the U S in the interest in the sport. 
for a lot of different factors. COVID's happened recently. Um, and uh, just, I just got a text message that I need to not pay attention to. Uh, so I think that that's, I, I think from a, uh, it's it's about demand, right? And I, I actually try to like skate to where people aren't paying attention as much and where demand might go next. And I think that people like Sidney Crosby, Malkin, and the hockey side can actually, there could be a lot there. I could see an uptick in terms of people going into that space and saying, huh, some of these legends, some of these guys, Bobby or what have you, uh, yeah, just haven't been tapped into Gretzky for that matter. Like I, I think hockey could get there. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously I'm a big soccer guy. Basketball is next. I don't even think about baseball and then hockey. I'm lightly intrigued by. I think the big thing, Tyler, is you, you talk a lot about demand. I, I almost view it as sort of the opposite. I, to me, it's more of a supply thing. I think one of the biggest things soccer is so hot right now is there's just not a lot out there. You mm-hmm. don't have a ton of soccer products like you do basketball. I mean, we have a basketball product coming out every other week at this point. When the season was going, it was typically every week. There's a lot more basketball out there. There hasn't been a soccer release in months. So that's that's to me is the big thing. We talked about it last week with Mason Greenwood rookies, the 18-year-old star phenom from Man, uh, Man U, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have any cards at all. So yeah. you put him in this, he's got his first card. There's a lot of other guys like that in there. Um, I know Mason Mount's in there from from Chelsea. Um, so to me, it's yeah. more of a supply Fatty. thing. And, and what was crazy is he literally went the next day and bagged two goals. Uh, Monday, we talked about him. Tuesday, they played. He stuck two. And then the product came out on Wednesday. So, yeah, that was like a crazy little like sequence of events because like you talked about it. I could not have been more wrong about it. I'm ready to own that one for sure. <laughs> and then like, it's just crazy. Like we were talking about it in our Instagram chat. It was like, where do you guys see the soccer like prospect thing going? And I do think it's going to end up a lot like baseball where the top high end prospects are going to go for super crazy. I, I think that $240 for a base card of a guy is way too Raw. high personally yeah no matter what which is what greenwood's going for right in a lot of cases yeah i think that's way too high personally but i do think there's gonna end up being a situation where as the soccer products increase which is what they're gonna do there's gonna yep. be there's gonna be demand for the high-end guys how much it sticks i don't know yeah and that's that's a great point lou is demand it, with demand as high as it is as it is now supply will increase right? That's coming. There are going to be more. Mason Greenwood has one card now or two cards now in Chronicles. He will have a lot more in the coming weeks. So, or in the coming months, that's definitely going to change. But- and to that point, I love, because what I want to, I don't want people to listen to this and say, oh, Mason Greenwood is going to be huge. Uh, he's a huge prospect. He's performing well. Oh my goodness. There's only one way his card can go up. I'd, I'd love to just have you two kind of threaded a little bit with maybe a, a big prospect that came out in Bowman that was ripping hot that maybe had a, a, a good entrance into the league and 24 months later, their cards trading down. Yeah. And like, uh, uh yeah, just through our family. Yeah. Vlad, just talk Vlad. about, about that for a second. Um, you know, as Greenwood yet yeah, to your point, you pull them out of a $200 prospect, product his base card is selling for two plus raw on ebay right now um there aren't haven't even been any graded i'd love to just kind of where what that means to me is someone that is half the price selling raw at 100 who might end up having a greater career there's more room to go up yeah we'd just love to hear about vlad what happened there well we talk a lot about it with with fomo right like 
you you don't want to miss out on the next guy so everybody sells well. So Vlad, you know, his his dad played. He was supposed to be this next big deal, could hit a baseball out of the park every time he hit the ball. So his stuff sold so well when it was first coming out. I mean, nine, five, ten autos were insane. I just remember it being the card everybody wanted. And then he comes into the league and he just isn't hitting the ball. Yeah, he's, a, he's a DH. That's what he is. Yeah. So his stuff took a hit because he just wasn't, you know, Mike Trout. Um, so that that's the big thing is you set expectations so high with FOMO, with everybody wanting everybody. And a lot of these guys just can't live up to that expectation. Yeah. I, like Vlad specifically is actually a very good case, Ryan. Like, there was a year and a half of Instagram videos of Vlad Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. hitting bombs and people were like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this guy's amazing. And then he came up to the majors and he was in, I think, I want to say it was series two he was in, his top rookie. And it was like a no number card. So people went crazy for it. And that card is no longer as hot as it was when it first came out. I can guarantee you I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. But I think a lot of it is FOMO. You're right. I think that's a big part of the soccer market right now. Um, yep. I, I, Yeah. I just think guys, what's going to end up happening is there's going to be some people who are 18 and they are end up being 22 and they're on, you know, yeah. Everton or something. And it's not that interesting. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. I want to, I want to kind of transition into our next topic here because Tyler brings up a good point. He said, you hit a Mason Greenwood out of a $200 product. Chronicles was 240 on release day last Wednesday and hit 399 a box the very next morning. So this product has come out of the gate and is absolutely on fire with the resale market of what these guys are selling for again, Mason, Mason Greenwood, uh, Mount for Chelsea, uh, mm-hmm. Tyler's guy from Barca. I don't know uh, how to pronounce. Antufati. Antufati. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's come out of the gate. So I just want to get your guys' current take on, on the soccer market because these sales indicate it's, it's, it's really hot right now. Yeah. I, I and this is just a little bit of a carryover thought, just what we just touched on yet yeah, right here. Boom. Right. Multiple. 405 is what it's going for. Um, Tyler, just for those listening on audio, it's looking up a Chronicles fat pack box um, from, from this year's soccer went for $405. So roughly 30 some dollars and change a pack. So uh, I think what I wanted to just carry over is what you, if, if you're new to the game, you should look at the field. Like we just talked about all those different sports and what are you passionate about and what do you know? And if the answer is neither, then you should spend some time researching and you can do that on lower end purchases, try some buy and sale. But the FOMO aspect of it is is a hard game to play it, because at the end of the day, all economies, everything is going to go up and it's going to go down and it's going to go up and it's going to go down. And so as an investor, if you're purely playing the game of I want to put money into this situation because I want to get more money out of it, you need to be thoughtful about where things are when they're peaking at the buying just like sneakers right if you were on the game super early and you picked up a pair of off whites non nike collab before because you knew who virgil was and then all of a sudden it gets hot and peaks and you're selling it at, at the top but if you're buying the 20th off white release from nike thinking that you're going to resell it and those margins come back at four percent and you had to pay a five percent transaction fee it's just you you got to be thoughtful and so I think that's what we're seeing here with Mason Greenwood is there's probably a bit of a, a FOMO, but also you got to realize that this is a this is a bet, high risk, high reward prospecting, right? That's what that Bowman game was a lot of. That's not buying a Mike Trout right now. That's not buying Kevin Garnett right now. 
knowing that his Hall of Fame thing is coming in X amount of months or and he might deliver a big speech trading off that margin. That This is like he's 18 and he might be the next Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. You know what happens also, there? He's probably not going to be. He's probably not going to be. And also just like on the Bowman thing, the Bowman thing is like $7 for a Chrome, not three twenty five for a paper contenders. <laughs> yeah, that's a That's a key point there, Lou. How was uh Ryan? How was it in the store and like breaks for huge, you? Huge. We didn't we didn't break any of it. I got uh I only ended up ended up getting two cases of it. The first the case I had sold out in by the end of Thursday. That's so awesome. I got it Wednesday, sold out the end of Thursday. Um ended up getting a couple extra loose boxes. So I take that back. Uh, but it was it was gone immediately. And do you feel do you have a read on how many of it was first time soccer people? Was the product hot enough that people that have been long in the game were like, okay, I'm going to test soccer with here? Like, are we seeing some innovation in in the soccer side of the market? Or was it a lot of new people in the hobby thinking soccer and going there? Yeah, I think it was about, it was, it was split. There was definitely a lot of uh, collectors that actually collect soccer, knew a bunch about it. You know, I even got to learn a lot because I'm certainly not the the soccer expert. So I got to learn a lot, but there was definitely uh, a, oh. a group of people who break or invest or like are doing this as a business and see the sales and say, hey, this is a good rip because I mean, it, it's hard. It, from what I saw, it was hard to lose money when you're getting rookies and inserts that are selling for hundreds of dollars on top of the main chase cards in there with the autographs, the patches, things like that. So it w- it was split, but good to see new faces in there, but also good to see that soccer people, you know, the soccer collectors who haven't had much getting something new to enjoy and to rip and pull something cool of guys they've been following for a while because they've put the work in. And do you feel that there is that generally in the market, like better, more superior things line up? Weirdly, a product's put together really well. Some prospects are bubbling up, and all of a sudden, a single product comes out of nowhere and explodes. Like, did, is it a tip to Capanini? They really put together a good product here, or are we seeing just market dynamics and like any product could have come out right now and it probably would have exploded? I think Chronicles is a good product. I, I'm very big on the Chronicles brand amongst any sport, uh, but this is definitely a case of. There isn't anything, there isn't any option to buy. Soccer's playing. These guys have no cards at all. So I'm going to lean more towards there's no other alternative for any of these guys' cards. Like mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a market thing for me. Mm-hmm. There's a Topps Chrome coming out soon too, right? Like next week, I want to say. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the uh, at the very end for the, the release. But yeah, Bunflinga, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be big. Jumping over, just up, update on the week. I want to get into Pokemon a little bit. Ryan, I'm not sure if you had something else beforehand. No, I was gonna. I was. I was joking. I wasn't sure who is who had the next question, so I was looking at, <laughs> at my list. I was like, I don't know who has the next question. Yeah, jumping over to Pokemon, I think we're gonna keep harping on it on this podcast because we love Pokemon, Tyler and myself, and I think Ryan's starting to fall in love with it as well. Um, it's it's getting kind of nuts right now. I think what's going on with the first edition PSA tens and even the Shadowless PSA tens and nines right now is pretty interesting. Tyler, like you and I talked about it a couple months ago. Um, what, are, what have you been your takeaways the last couple of weeks? Um, and where do you think it's heading right now? Yeah, I, I look, there's a massive increase of interest in all things cards. I think first it started and went heavy, boom, NBA. Then what we've seen is a lack of sports and then the movement to, into breaking. I think 
collectible in general versus flip investing. I think when people see Pokemon and they think Pokemon, it's like, okay, this can be a storage of value much longer term. And I also think it comes with a unique angle of, okay, I see what's going on in the card market. I see this is a hobby that I can get interested in. There's just some, sometimes people are into it, collecting it's human nature to collect, to hoard, to have things around you. It's very seen as like a mindless thing to not keep things near you. We do that as humans. But I think what happens with Pokemon is that, okay, I want to get into this. There's Pokemon. Oh, guess what? There's also Pokemon Go, like arguably one of the biggest mobile games out right now. You can fire up your old Game Boy and play Red or Blue. Or Nintendo Switch in the last 12 months, released a big time Pokemon game. Two new games have come out. The anime is all over um, Netflix. There's big time YouTube content creators. I think when you go into Pokemon, you start to see, okay, this is a bit more drawn out. This isn't soccer. Chronicles is the only product on the market. This is ripping, da, da, da. Like, I got to get in FOMO. This is like, okay, this is a longer term hold and a much more fun conversational Charm. Everyone knows who Charmander is. Everyone knows who Pikachu is. The amount of people that know Pikachu compared to Tyler Hero, like, is is it's crazy, close. right? So I think that that's what you're starting to see, and and I feel great about people getting into it and what's happening. And I think from a PSA pop report, it's like it's a whole different game, and I think it's got miles and miles to go. And I think from a value perspective, it's going to blow the socks off some people over the next 36 months knowing and we're going to listen to this interview with leon hart but 25th anniversary coming up what's happening in direct to release direct to kind of tv releases and how that plays into the pokemon world much more they don't have to drum up huge movie you know straight to theater releases that cost mega bucks um and so I'm a big fan. I love it. I love the nostalgia aspect. I love the creatures. I love the characters. I read something last week that was like, who's going to create the next version of Neopets? Like the internet's craving like an interconnected game, like a new Farmville or something like that. I think that plays right Farmville. into this pocket Damn, too. Farmville was so Farmville. Lit. Wow. That was lit, a blast. Right? <laughs> like, I love that game. Like the Pokemon's so set up to, to play in those arenas that it's still early in the Pokemon buying game. The pop reports are so low. And yeah. like it, it's just wild. Yeah. Tap real quick. Me and you talk about the Fortnite like RPG extended universe thing. The Pokemon RPG is like just, it's just there waiting for everyone. Okay. Anyway, so Ryan, you're a little bit of a newer Pokemon guy in the last couple months, mostly because of us. So I'm interested from you, especially. Yeah, I mean, when I first opened my store, uh, I wanted to have like a little bit of a, di- I wanted to have diversity, right? I wanted to have a little bit of everything. So I, I went out, got some Pokemon, right? I did it when I was younger. So I knew enough about it. Like I know Charizard, Charmander, Pikachu, that kind of stuff. But I'm definitely fascinated with it, especially recently. Uh, as we've, we've talked about before, the spike over the last couple months, last year or so. Um, but I think the population report is a, is a really big aspect of this that is often severely overlooked, right? Like it, with Pokemon, right? First edition shadowless cards have, you're talking less than a hundred PSA tens where fairly often under a hundred. Yeah. Fairly often it's under a hundred where, you know, Zion had a hundred PSA 10 prisms. The first two days, the card, the product was out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing for me in this is how few there actually are on some of these higher grades because I mean 
these cards are what 22 23 years old it's just 20 they're 20 years old 1999 yeah yeah 20 years old um since a lot of them have come out it's just it's it's astounding how low the population report is on a lot of these yeah like chancy who is not a no-name pokemon in in the world of pokemon first edition psa 10 holographic has 46 in the world and this is not going up in a real way at all people the thing people are confused about with pokemon is they think like oh i'm just gonna be able to pull them out of the binder in my room like no what you have is the unlimited you have base two you do not have for some people have first probably more people in the state of california with chancy tattoos on their body than there are yes first edition right like Like psa 10 (laughs) and that matters and i think in some like if you equate it to other areas if you talk about a cause statue or a basquiat or a, a a rolex if you if there was 46 of a rolex like and you buy it now and you pass it down generation upon generation like th- there's not much difference in that game guess what there's a, exponentially more people interested in having a chancy than there are a rolex yeah tyler real quick i really appreciate when you bring this stuff up because like the cause thing and the basquiat thing and like that stuff is something that I don't even think about a lot. I'm sure Ryan doesn't as well. Like the stuff is really limited. Like 645 Charmanders is considered astronomical. Yeah. So Tyler scrolling through the PSA popular report again, for those listening our listen yeah. on audio and a lot of the PSA tens we're seeing here on some of these first editions are. Tyler, you can know, you search it by, can you filter it by first edition? Just go to the top and type in first. Yeah. Let's see. That'll just, that'll keep it. Even for not being first, there's a lot of these that are low. That's a whole other thing. Because uh, this is what we've seen in basketball, right? Where the Luca prism has started to price people out. They go to Optic. They go to Select. They go to NBA Hoops. What's going to end up happening is there's going to be people who are like, all right, I can't get the the Charmander first edition. That one's X amount. I can't get those Shadowless. That one's Y amount. I'm going to go look at the unlimited set for first edition, uh, 1999. And like I think all that's like super real. This whole set, sorry. And and we were laughing. There's a funny comment. Someone was like, uh, the, the "Haunter, like the ghost Pokemon for like the emo kids." And like the storytelling behind all of this is is astronomical, right? Disney bought Star Wars for I think a couple billion. I probably am going to be wrong on the exact number, so I'm not going to go there. An insanely high amount off of six movies, and it's now comics there's the lower end animated versions everything just extrapolate 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 the storytelling built into pokemon already and then to know that there's the first edition and there's different sets fossil jungle rocket challenge back to getting knowledgeable about things before you go into it there's just layers upon layers upon layers but the joke was someone was like the ghost pokemon was for the emo kids nothing like uh like playing with your haunter card while listening to taking back Sunday in the background. And I just thought it was, it was like hilarious. Cause I'm like, there's so many different layers. There's so many different factors within Pokemon that make it super interesting. And I think can be an entire conversation and collectible on its own. And so I'm pumped for everyone to be able to listen to this combo with Leon and how he made, uh, you know, his, his whole life around Pokemon content creation. Speaking of that interview with Lee Steinfeld, Leon Hart, also known on, uh, 
on YouTube with nearly a million subscribers. We got to sit down with him recently and talk all things Pokemon and why the next 12 months are going to be so big for the Pokemon game as the 25th anniversary is approaching. So here is that interview. I'm incredibly excited personally, um, and uh, I know the whole team is. And when uh, we got connected last week uh, on social and just watching what's been going on in your world, Lee, um, mm -hmm. thankful to have you here joining us on Card Talk and uh, be able to, to chop it up um, about Pokemon a little bit. I'm not going to waste everyone's time on trying to introduce you. I'd love uh, to just toss it over to you and, and have you just give a quick synopsis of who you are, what you got going on, and, and what your world's looked like uh, over the last couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, I appreciate y'all taking the time to have me on. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I'll give the quick Spark Notes version of myself, I like to call it. Uh, so I actually went to UT in Austin. After that, I went to law school, was a practicing attorney for a while. I started up my YouTube channel in November of 2014, and I found my old Pokemon card collection. And from there, it's been an absolute wild ride of opening up new Pokemon cards, vintage Pokemon card packs, to where now the channel has grown to a, close to a million subscribers at the moment. And uh, it's been a wild ride. Every single day is a different day. Love it. And when you started your YouTube channel in 2014, was it off the back? Did you find your cards and say, huh, I think there's something here? Or were you more into you wanted to do content? I know you have a little bit of background acting and, and content in general. Was it, hey, I need to start a YouTube channel and then figured out what you were going to do? Or was it, hey, this Pokemon thing and started the YouTube channel? So it was, it's kind of just, it's interesting because I would watch other big YouTubers like Jacksepticeye, Markiplier, random other ones that are not, not even around anymore. And I really wanted to use the platform to raise money for different, different types of charities, but at the same time doing something I'm passionate in, which is retro nostalgic video gaming, like top 10 list. So if you go on my channel and my very, very first cringy video is still there. <laughs> is talking about i want to use this channel to do different retro top 10 lists for nintendo 64 and playstation maybe about a few months later i found my pokemon card collection at my parents house i did a video showcasing that collection and i found those videos to not only do very well performance wise but i myself really enjoyed going through those collections which led up to opening up the newer sets and did you have any heat in there or was oh, yeah. it just like no, I had a first edition Alakazam card, which is one of the original cards that came out in, uh, you know, the late 90s. But the thing is, I got it immediately graded by PSA and it came back a PSA 5. I was still very, very proud of that, but a 5 out of 10 yep. right in the middle, which is actually very difficult to get if you think about it. But And, uh, and I think the, the, the old collection from way back in the day, then getting that graded has a little bit of a different feel than maybe even some of the newer stuff that you pull and send in. Yeah, yeah. I don't send in too much of the newer stuff at the moment, unless it's like a super, super rare card. Maybe like obviously a Charizard card, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a whole nother ball game when you're sending in the older cards compared to the new cards. And that being said, the newer cards aren't in perfect condition, even when you pull them out straight from a pack. Like yeah. there's a lot of off-center cards or some type of scratches or whitening on the cards. But if like the old ones though, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Yep. And so before we get into the whole Pokemon world, so yeah. really around nostalgia and, and gaming, what uh what are some of your favorite kind of like nostalgic IP outside of the Pokemon world? Uh I mean, I love video games and I've been playing Do you have a favorite like Sonic or or favorite kind yeah, of character? So 
I still remember to this day back in 1992, I was five years old and my parents picked me up from the uh, local like swimming pool, wherever, where I was at. And when I got into the car and my mom at the time drove like a Volvo or something. So we had a massive <laughs> trunk where I would go in the back and you can actually face like outside while sitting in the seats in the back. Mm -hmm. I sat back there, but there was something on the side seat. It was actually a new Sega Genesis console. And that year was like the first year that that specific one came out. So I've loved Sonic the Hedgehog like massive fan for years and years even you know some of the newer stuff that's come out but yeah probably like sega genesis sonic and a little uh, nintendo in there too yeah do you have a favorite uh pokemon video game title uh well i don't know seeing some of the more recent news but a uh, new pokemon snap game is coming out and right behind me i don't know if you can see it in my video i have one of the original pokemon snap machines from uh, blockbuster that they had Whoa. 20 years ago and it's a it's a fully functioning machine and everything like it prints and everything uh but i would probably say i know it's weird but like i really loved pokemon snap when i was growing up and to hear that they're coming out with a new one is amazing but otherwise you can't go wrong with the original games for game boy uh pokemon blue and uh, red yeah so now and get into a little bit of the conversation so 2014 you start a youtube channel you're like i'm gonna do youtube I think you, I'm not sure at that time, and just knowing a little bit of your backstory from just doing some research, you did some voice acting, uh -huh. getting into content, you're like stumble across, okay, doing Pokemon, and you just really enjoyed it. What, yeah. what was then the next couple years? So the next year, it, it's so crazy because I always have to bring in the type of, uh, what is it, like the, the, the landscaping of YouTube, because I'm, I'm sure you'll know uh, the, the algorithm stuff, is crazy it's always changing for youtube and just starting in november of 2014 and going from uh 2014 the algorithm changed later that year to 2015 to especially where pokemon go came out in 2016 everybody was doing pokemon stuff in 2016 that summer of july and uh that's when my channel just like really really exploded because of all the craze of pokemon go there was a new set called Evolutions TCG that came out for Pokemon where it was a reprint of the original base set that got a lot of other people collecting the card game again. So throughout the years, the channel would, you know, would occasionally go up, but like 2016 went up. And then ever since then, it's just kind of like, it just kept on climbing, especially for something like a specific niche, like Pokemon cards. So to that point over the last six years, and, and you feel there's just been a growth, you know, up and to the right. Mm -hmm. Explain a little bit of maybe the last six months, comparatively speaking, for like a lot of people and, and setting the context for this conversation. And, and, and mm -hmm. you know, we talk so much about cards, right? The hobby, buying and selling sports cards, either collecting uh, from a more hobby perspective, but also the opportunity that, uh, you know, new demand has created. Do you feel we're in a white hot moment right now or kind of add a little context over the last six years to what's happening right now to heading into the 25th anniversary, just of, of the demand around Pokemon content, nostalgia, et cetera. Well, it's always, it's, it's interesting because the brand overall is, I think is like the healthiest ever. Like, yeah, you can go back to back in the late nineties when it first came out and like I'd be in middle school and the teachers would run out and tell everybody put your pokemon cards away and this has been like everybody was playing pokemon um but ever since then the the, the ip the the brand of pokemon has been growing and growing and it's not just uh 
as far as like how the Pokemon cards are doing, like how their value wise are doing, like they're more hot than ever the Pokemon card game. But as far as like the actual like games themselves, uh, those are with the new Pokemon Sword and Shield that came out. There was new DLC that just came out. Uh, those are just growing and more popular than ever. And it's all just kind of bundled up together like a big snowball effect to where getting into next year, which is going to be the 25th anniversary, where I personally think it's just going to be absolutely insane. Like, I, I wonder what Pokemon's going to come out with, what type of celebrations, what type of commemorative uh, maybe cards, new card sets and everything that they're going to come out with for the 25th, anniver 25th anniversary. I think it's going to be insane. But the market for Pokemon cards, the market for just Pokemon in general, it's, it's healthier than ever right now. So Lee, I uh, I actually like we talked offline. I own a sports card store, and one of the things mm -hmm. I, I I get asked a lot is, there's so many different brands, there's so many different cards. If you're getting into the card game now, where do you start? So as someone that doesn't do a lot of Pokemon, right? Where yeah. if you if if you want to get into the card game with all these different sets, all the originals, where where do you recommend someone that knows nothing about Pokemon cards specifically? Where would you recommend they start? Well, obviously you want to come watch my channel on YouTube because then you'd find a lot of how-to videos on like where Fats. to start. Shameless plug, hashtag shameless plug. Hell yeah. Um, but, it, uh, but honestly, I have a lot of videos, especially one recently where it tells you how to find the values of your Pokemon cards. Because you can go on eBay right now and you'll see like a Machamp first edition card that came in the original starter deck where you find it in your closet and you're like, holy, I have an amazing card. You go on eBay and it's listed for $5,000, but that's just the listed price. So a lot of times my first question that I'll ask people is what type of cards are you interested in? Is it only purely the older sets? Is it some of the middle sets that came out in the later 2000s? Or is it the new cards? Um, a lot of times I will suggest, you know, go check out, start opening, open up some packs, see what's in the newer sets. And then from there, dab into some of the older sets. And now, of course, you can start with the older sets. And uh, as I've said before, the market for those is... Kind of just it's always it's kind of just increasing right now i don't think it's ever going to go down and it'll plateau of course um but i would tell them you know dab into both see what you like and from there kind of find out the sets that maybe you collected when you were younger because a lot of times i'll see people like you know the, you all have your own missions of like i want a specific card because i enjoyed that as a kid or i want that specific card because that's the the card to go get right now that's going to be the best card to invest in right now so I want to go after that specific set. I want to go after that specific grade of a card. Yeah. And so that's where I ask them, kind of, what are your what are your wants? And, and, and they'll tell me. On the uh, speaking to some of the newer product, uh -huh. what uh do you do you stay pretty tapped into just all the releases coming out? What what's like the latest card release from Pokemon? So. Uh, actually, later in July, there's going to be pre-release events for a new set that comes out in August called Darkness Ablaze. And I bring that up specifically because not only is that going to be the newest and brightest Pokemon set, part of the new Pokemon Sword and Shield set that's out, um, there's going to be a new Charizard card that is in that set, which means I'm going to have to open up tons and tons of Pokemon packs and not pull it for over a year and then finally pull it in the library out of all places like I did my last one. But that being said, Charizard card, new set, Darkness Ablaze, it's gonna be a new card that people are gonna be wanting to go for. And that's gonna be kind of like the newest thing. So Lee, I got a, I got a question for you. You uh, 
you've obviously been in the Pokemon card game a long, long time. Do you, uh, you have a favorite set and a favorite card? I, I see you mentioned Squirtle a lot as one of your favorite Pokemons on your yeah. channel. But a favorite card or favorite uh, Pokemon set? That's the funny thing is because people will ask me, hey, Leonard, what's your favorite card? Like, which Charizard is going to be your favorite card? I'm like, actually, it's a common Squirtle card from the set Team Rocket that came out in the late 90s. Yes. Is that the Dark Squirtle? Yeah, uh-huh. Actually, I think it's just Squirtle. I'm, excuse me. I, he's, it doesn't say the word Dark by it because there are some Pokemons in that set that do say, like, Dark Machamp, Dark Duck Trio. It's just a basic Squirtle card, but he is part of that Team Rocket set. Um, as far as like favorite sets goes, I'm really fond of the E-Series sets. And the E-Series sets are, and actually like not a lot of people know about them for such a set that was like, it's a very, very valuable set right now. Specifically the Skyridge set, which was the, front, the, the final print run of Wizards of the Coast before Pokemon and Nintendo switched just making the cards themselves uh, back in 2003. And uh, the E-Series are a special type of set that uh, were supposed to be used with the Game Boy Advanced E-Reader. And the artwork for that set is absolutely phenomenal. Like each card tells a story on itself. But since it was printed in such limited quantities, they are now some of the absolute rarest sets other than the original first edition base set. So for myself, I love Sky Ridge. Scott, that Sky Ridge set. You you talk about that. That's the again. I'm I'm the novice here, but like that's the they're like like a white shiny refractor on the border. Like it's like a holographic, but it's white and shiny. Am I am I on something here? Like the Charizard. I I know there's a Charizard one from this. So there, yeah, there is, and it's called the Crystal Charizard. Crystal. Char- and they do look different, and there is a different type of border on it. So you're right. There is a different border. It's a much more thicker yellow border. Gotcha. Which you would use to actually swipe with the Game Boy Eerie or way back when that no gotcha. one actually did that. Um, but there is a Charizard in that set, and there are types of cards called crystal cards. Gotcha. And there's like six to nine of them in Sky Ridge, and the other sets there were some as well. Uh, but those cards are absolutely incredibly rare, especially the PSA 10 or BGS, you know, 9.5 and up uh, grade for those. Is this, uh, this set here? Is it these uh, Sky Ridge E-Reader set? Yeah, like that would be one of the cards there. Uh, that's just the common one. But like, if and you what's like the one, the Charizard? Yeah, just search for Crystal Charizard or that, and we'll see what pops up. Oh wow! Yeah, I would I would put in just Pokemon Sky or just put in Crystal Charizard because that one's from Expedition. Yeah, there it is down there. Crystal Charizard. So there we go. So holy cow! But that so, mm-hmm. so that yeah that first one's the reverse foil. There right? you go. Yeah, there we go. So you're like wondering, okay, so yeah, that one's that. but and then this one looks like it's the actual like holographic version of it. So, mm-hmm. but the thing is, it's like, yeah, that was from a fairly. That art, it really is special. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love the crystal type of Pokemon cards, and it's just crazy because if you look at this old listings, you can see some from just a couple months ago. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, it may not be as much, but then it looks like this one was just sold maybe like a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. The prices keep on jumping of the uh, cards, the graded cards, and especially sealed product as well. Um, so just switching gears a little bit, yeah. I think going back to your YouTube and your presence and where you are in the, in the you know Pokemon world in general, obviously I think something pretty much everyone has seen of you in the last few weeks and months has been the first edition Charizard pull. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, shameless plug for your YouTube. Please go watch the video. It's incredible. 
Um, you I gave myself a little pats on back. Yeah, incredible I, I, video. It was it was very awesome, but okay, so incredible video. So you opened you opened a bunch of packs and boxes that day, but that that was one pack, right? Yes. Yeah. So you opened an original first edition pack, and you pulled out a first edition Charizard Hollow. Looked amazing. Ready to get yeah. sent in. Also, when you were opening it, what is that three card trick you did? Where like you put the three and then you flip them over. So usually, I if I'm like opening up a pack and not like recording or anything, it doesn't really matter. You can just open up the pack. But when you do the card trick and it's different per set, like some sets only have nine cards, other ones have 11 cards. So it changes per set, but usually they have 11 cards per pack. You take the back three cards and you just move them to the other side. So the last card would be the holographic card. Hopefully. Oh, cause it's always the same the spot. Rare card, or the non-holographic rare card. So it helps it more dramatic purposes, you know, for when you're opening it up online. For the, for the right. content. For the yeah. content. For the content. Really but you got to be careful because some people don't like doing that because it may ruin just one move. Yeah. So you open up, you, you pull the card, you see, you see it, you're pulling it up, you see the fire, you're going up, you see I it. Instantly knew it yeah. You instantly knew it. <laughs> and your first reaction, I could see your hand like shaking in the moment. Your first reaction was to put it in the plastic mm-hmm. and then you immediately got up and went crazy. So yeah. like describe that feeling for me for one second. So the thing is, so it was a heavy first edition pack. So Mm -hmm. I got these packs from a big seller in the UK where they actually flew all the way to the US. They cracked open the box itself. They, I purchased a ton of packs from them. So this specific pack, I had no idea that there was gonna be a Charizard on the inside. I knew there was gonna be a holographic, did not think it was gonna be the Charizard. So when I was going through the pack in the pack itself at the time, worth between seven to ten thousand dollars for 11 pieces of cardboard Mm. and uh i started i was so great like my hands were sweating i was going crazy (laughs) because i haven't opened up a pack like that in years Mm -hmm. and when we get when i got to that final card and i saw the four out of 102 i was like this is it this is it but then when i pulled it over i was like i i was i was in shock i was in disbelief like i had i was not expecting this to happen on that day of pulling the absolute rarest pokemon card for the english tcg and then i'm like i gotta put it in a sleeve immediately <laughs> one no celebrating at all like not at all it's like from the fifth element where it was like chris Tucker or something where they're like trying to like put like light the thing and, and like he was like breathing or something and they're like no, no you can't even breathe <laughs> i was not gonna breathe right there until i put it in the sleeve yeah. completely delayed like the enjoyment and then it. you got up and absolutely lost your mind it was crazy it was crazy and of course, like the video went like viral on like all platforms and i it's just it goes to show just how like how you know crazy like pokemon is when you pull like a card like that especially the yeah. charizard card uh but to this day like i still have absolutely no idea like how i got so lucky to pull that card yeah that is amazing. like the absolute rarest one so so coming out of that, that video goes super viral. It's posted everywhere. Like my mom sent it to me, which is like, <laughs> so like, um, you got that card and then you're getting ready to send it in. So then I'll let you tell the rest of the story. It's one of the most unfortunate well, things I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, if I, I may shed a tear during this and what you're seeing right I now might is what you're seeing right now is me trying to be my most optimistic, optimistic self, because it has been over a month now where, uh, there was lots of sitting in disbelief, staring at a wall during that first month. But I, what I did is I sent the card to get graded by professional sports authenticators or PSA located in Anaheim, California. And I decided to ship it the most safest way you can do 
but I unfortunately went to USPS to send it out. My one where I usually go, I know the person that works there, but he doesn't know that I like what I was sending or anything like nothing on the box or anything was marked and it went missing and it got scanned. I won't say where it got scanned last, but it got scanned at a place. And ever since then, it's been over a month. The package is missing. And I, I, I can't give shade to my Crystal Nitto King, which I also pulled during that opening. It's an over $2,000 card. That was also in that box as well. And that card was also, I think, in an amazing condition. So my Crystal Nitto King, $2,000. Charizard card, potential $55,000 card. Um, just like that, it vanished. And I had sent it the most safest way you can possibly send something via the USPS. And I have been, I'm telling you, I have been contacting the most high up people that you can contact to try to find it. So why I'm trying to remain optimistic is I've had a lot of people telling me that they have had package that have gone missing for months and then show up. Or right now, because of the current virus situation, the specific distribution center in California is absolutely backlogged right now where there are packages that are just getting delayed and delayed. And that being said, I still send it the safest and fastest, fastest way. Mm -hmm. But at this time, I don't know exactly what happened to it. I'm just trying to remain optimistic that yeah. my $55,000 card and the Nitto King card mm -hmm. will eventually just turn up, whether it be at PSA or, you know, coming back to me. Yeah. yeah. So like it's pretty much just how it is right like it's just in usps like gone i'm sure you, you said you contacted them like there's nothing really that you can do other than just wait right no i'm i'm going hey man i used to be an attorney before i'm going to my <laughs> local congressman get a lawyer yeah i'm lawyer up no i'm i am going to be going to my local congressman and stuff good uh, who i actually like personal family we personally know him and i but at the same time i have been in contact with yeah. higher ups at usps who are currently trying to look into it more so than anything. So I'm going to first give them a little bit more time, but it's like, I know I made a mistake, not, but you couldn't fly out there at the time. Yeah. Everything it's like, up. yes and no. Like, it's just so unfortunate. Like it's a crazy, crazy, like series of events, but hoping for the best for you on that for sure. Thank but um, switch gears a little bit to yeah. some, some positivity, <laughs> a little bit of uh, happiness, you know, something that I think, struck me when you just like even you started off and it was like you you made a youtube channel because you saw that as a path and you tested some different things and then you, you hit and you land on your passions there mm -hmm. right um and to my understanding you then through this journey have been able to meet a ton of people work directly with pokemon themselves uh -huh. talk to me a little bit about about the manifestation of that of you know you you try to embark on this new kind of journey creating content you find your mm -hmm. passion and then it really leads to all types of awareness brand deals etc what's that been like and then specifically what's it been like working with pokemon the brand mm -hmm. you know i think something that maybe not necessarily seems so foreign but but a, a, maybe like closed off or, or like mythic in terms of actually working with them and how they operate. You know, I think a lot of the early days, Japanese company comes over and, and kind of mm -hmm. weren't able to touch it or feel it. What's that been like working with them as a company? Well, I'll tell you what, if I told my 15 year old self that I'd be working with Pokemon, uh, I'd be going crazy, like running around the room. And I'm still going crazy right now because I still yeah. believe I actually get to as recent as last week, 
talked to the marketing team for Pokemon Company and it, you know, them actually kind of listening to what I had to say. And it, it, uh, it, you know, it started a few years ago where I had wanted there to be a better relationship between Pokemon Company and people like myself and other influencers. Because it always has been kind of like a locked vault, like a, a like a Fort Knox type of thing of mm -hmm. the relationship with Pokemon. Yeah. So um, I had actually just had reached out to them and they were like, hey, Leonhardt, we all here at Pokemon, we actually love all your videos and we watch them all the time. And I'm like, well, fantastic. Let's get a better relationship going right now. <laughs> and so I was like, and this was last year. And I was on a whole conference call with all like the marketing team, their PR company and everything, giving them some ideas. And I'm like, you know, they're not going to listen to anything I'm saying. I'm just, yeah, like, yeah. it's a billion dollar IP, like the most successful toy franchise IP in the world. Why are they going to listen to somebody like me? Literally like a month later, they're like, hey, we thought you would like this idea. Well, we're going to fly you out and to Pokemon Worlds, which is like the Super Bowl of Pokemon card competitive TCG tournaments. Last year it was in DC and they flew me out to be like the official Pokemon card influencer ambassador, I guess you can say, <laughs> but just as a way to not only meet the whole marketing team in person, but to just take in the whole event, do some content around the whole tournament that was going on around all of the other events that were going on as a way of like a little starting point of the relationship between yeah. Pokemon company and people like myself, influencers like myself to yep. keep on making that stronger. And of course, with the whole virus situation going on right now, there was going to be another Pokemon Worlds. It was going to be in London, I believe, or the UK this year. And of course, you know, that had to be postponed to the following year. But I was going to be going there and potentially doing something like absolutely massive via live stream in honor of hitting a million subscribers. It was going to be amazing. But, you know, we'll table that to next year. But I just want to quickly mention uh, I was on the show American Ninja Warrior last year. Yep. And we, uh, Pokemon Company, actually sponsored myself when i was on the show so before i actually got and ran the course and did an amazingly terrible job of running the course i actually opened up a pack of pokemon cards and stuff and pokemon had sent out a bunch of stuff for all my friends and family to wear in the stands so i've just i've just been trying to like promote the brand you know it's like pokemon so you associate it with a certain type of mentality but it's like i've tried to promote it just across like i know it's already a big brand i don't even know what i'm trying to say now but i just you know what i'm trying to say like i'm trying no, to say yeah of course it's not just like dorky collecting the cards or playing the game boy again like it's a massive brand that has changed so many lives throughout the entire world and it's like i just want to keep on expanding that like yeah. and, and to be honest like it excites me tremendously because i think there's two ways to look at at things or relationships with brands or, or you know a, a lot of times to your point there's this like fort knox like closed off like we don't talk to our community that sometimes people like aspire to right like this untouchable nature but then actually like to hear that they are going through the motions and starting to make inroads with the community starting to listen to those insights i actually think creates an amazing upside and excitement for, you know, 25th anniversary next year and, and oh, yeah. continuously and ongoing. And I think it really shows that what I think the mass public probably thinks of, to your point, a billion dollar IP, uh -huh. they just think of, of Pokemon of old, that it's not something mm -hmm. that's, st that's still going on, that they're not still producing amazing games, one of the most successful mobile games of all times, that they're not still creating new, uh, you know, anime series and, and, and right. fresh content, that they're not still putting out all of these different things. And mm -hmm. on top of it, working to build inroads with the community. And I think for 
us and the card subset and thinking about it and investing, uh-huh. there's still so much upside and still so much new. And it doesn't necessarily need to be tied into just buying and collecting the 1999. Like yeah. to your point, the the hidden fates, I picked up one of those Charizards. Like that stuff is is going and, and going good. And and this upcoming release, like uh-huh. people should be thinking about it. And, and as Twitch streamers, you've seen this pocket of Twitch streamers, people opening packs and kind of the new gaming and esports world getting into it. Yeah. Um, it's just exciting to me. And, and I'm, I'm pumped, you know, that that you, someone like yourself, is able to kind of take a front seat and help kind of shepherd that community into it. So congrats mm-hmm. and big up on that for sure. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. Thank so, you. So Tyler, I want to I want to switch gears here with Lee for uh, a second here. So Lee, as you uh, you mentioned earlier, you used to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, and you obviously have this massive YouTube following now. And as someone that I, you know, I quit my full-time job to pursue my passion and, you know, open my own business. That's so awesome. someone that did it, you know, uh, as you, uh, did that yourself, I just, I wanted to know if you could give any advice for someone that has a passion or is thinking about, uh, turning their passion or hobby into a full-time business. What would be some advice you would give someone knowing what you know now, um, as you gave up, you know, an attorney to to mm-hmm. follow this full time. Well, I would say first is always try to make the most calculated decision that you can do and calculating the risk reward type sure. of thing, because like I was an attorney before and I was for months and months, not only having to convince my wife, <laughs> but myself, is this the right you know decision yeah. of leaping, of quitting my job, you know, safe, secure job? and doing something that has never been done before you're opening up pieces of cardboard on you know online and stuff and that's what you're going to be doing full time but that being said i made for myself i made the absolute right decision because i was able to invest 100 percent of my time into building my brand into building that specific business so when i tell people like when people ask me like i really like wanting to do this or when you just your question right now like if i want to go after one of my passions it's like i always say start slowly because if you don't start you know nothing's ever going to happen and that's what i did i made my first video after delaying it back in 2014 but i'm like you know what if i don't start now i'm going to regret it in the next two months the next three months of where i would have been if i didn't you know start filling out those forms to get my new shop up and running or something like that or just to start doing some research on whatever you want to do in life i always say just start doing some baby steps start you know, slowly progressing into set some smaller goals. So each time you yeah. hit that goal, you feel accomplished into where you can eventually get to that longer goal at the end of the road, whether that be, you know, setting up shop somewhere, setting up your new online business or, you know, whatever type of other type of entrepreneurship type of thing that you want to do, always just kind of slowly get to it to where, you know, you can still have your safe, secure job or whatever else you're doing, because obviously, you know, we need the money to continue buying food and, you know, for yeah. our house and everything because you don't want to just jump right into it because I've seen some people do that before where they kind of just quit and give up everything for it, which is you know fantastic because you're willing to go for it and you're eager, but it's just not the right decision. So my advice is just to set some small goals, set a long goal every single day, just commit like maybe 1% at least. Yeah. To, and you'll eventually at the end of the week, that's a whole 7%, you know, two, that's 14% after two weeks, you're eventually going to get there. Yep. yep. Great advice. Um, so just like, you know, wrapping things up here. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, 
in the past, like I want to go past, I want to go future. So first, tell me your top three favorite Pokemon. Any set, any generation, like who's your top three? Squirtle number one, I imagine. But well, so my favorite Pokemon, they're all like common Pokemon. They're like they're not rare. <laughs> like that's fine. Well, it, so Squirtle is number yep. one. Uh, Natu from Gen two is mm -hmm. a, a famous saying on my channel. And the two, how do you do? Whenever I pull that card, but it's just an awesome card, so you're pulling it all the time. Um, but as far as like this, those are just from favorite Pokemon. But as far as like you were asking, like specific cards that I really like a lot, that is that Team Rocket Squirtle is one of my favorite cards. There's a lot of like trainer cards out there. There's mm -hmm. a specific one called Poke Park that's in a set called Neo Destiny, which is also mm -hmm. one of the most popular sets in the world. Which, if you take a look at it, it really has some incredible artwork and illustrations on the card. But that's just a type of trainer card for like. For specific Pokemon cards, you know, the funny thing is I really don't have like like a top 10 super, super favorite card because maybe one month I'm like really liking this card because of how that artwork makes me feel because I'm kind of relating to the artwork of that specific card. I know I'm a huge uh, dork right now <laughs> describing no, it. Not at all. Artwork. Like obviously the Team Rocket one, the Squirtle one is the one that's just always going to stand time and be my favorite one just yep. because it reminds me of the time I was at like a local swimming pool. Uh, not the same one but from before when I got the second Genesis. <laughs> and uh, I would just, you know, trade cards with friends. Yeah, that's, that's what I remember. Trading. Yeah, and that's At what it's about. Yep. It's it. It's exactly yeah. it. And it's like you would trade your, like, Charizard holographic yeah. for, like, a Machop comedy card. Yeah. Yeah. You would have no idea just because you, like, you liked how Machop was, like, yeah. the guy's, like, running off. Like, I just killed this kid. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what it's about when I see, like, that Squirtle card. It really just brings me back. Yeah. about the good days now i will say i do have a psa 10 first edition charizard card and i originally my my goal i had a, sold a lot of my sealed boxes like sky and aquapolis and stuff way back when to try to pay for a psa 10 charizard and i got one and i tried saying like no more i'm not buying any more cards for pokemon anything i'm done collecting this holy grail card right here is going to be the card that reminds me of my childhood of like the times trading with friends and i'm done no more spending money on it I, I've gotten so much. <laughs> it, it did not stop me. It did not stop me. But it, it, but has it been a good decision? Absolutely. It's been it's yeah. been a good thing to invest in. It's like gold, yeah. Right now, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You have a gigantic wall behind you full of stuff that you probably bought after the fact. But, oh, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, my last question I would say is, 25th anniversary. We've talked about it a lot this conversation. Mm -hmm. What would you say is like one prediction you have for next year? Whether it be like a release. Uh, another game they're gonna either bring back or start over like what do you think so you know the funny thing is i really hadn't been thinking about the 25th anniversary because i've just been so fixated on this year and my journey to keep on building up the brand and everything and then i was like oh my gosh this year's big because we'll hit a million subscribers but next year the whole brand the whole community the whole world is going to go crazy for the 25th anniversary because the 20th anniversary when they came out with the set Pokemon Generations, which is a very popular set and a bunch of other stuff, like fun things. I'm thinking this is the 25th. They gotta go absolutely. They have not released really too much information about what they're doing right now. I'm personally hoping they do another sort of like evolutions TCG thing where they kind of re-release a vintage set from Wizards of the Coast, like uh, maybe one of the gym series sets, like Gym Challenge. my favorite set. Gym Challenge is like one of my favorite sets, if not Skyridge too. Like they're kind of like universal together, same level. 
But like, I'm thinking they're going to come out for the card game, for instance. I feel like they're going to come out with, of course, different type of celebration cards, which are going to be go crazy and go popular with in different types of subsets. But I'm really feeling they're going to come out with another type of release for the main Pokemon TCG that coincides with how they used to release cards back then. Whether it be more type of shining cards from the Neo sets, Neo Destiny, I mean, Neo Revelation, or the gym challenge cards where they come out with gym trainer holographic cards or something like that. But like mm -hmm. how they look like in those older sets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, at this time, I, I don't even know what it's going to be. But what I can tell everybody is you better go on the bandwagon right now because it's going yeah. to be crazy next year. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And they're all going to be looking at your YouTube channel. That's the best part. Oh, well, I hope. <laughs> jump on the bag bandwagon now it's fun and it really does it really it really is such an amazing community and i hope more people come and join it it's great hell yeah we'll, we'll be uh we'll be helping shepherd alongside you thanks again right. for taking the time lee we uh we're really big fans and appreciate what you do for for the community and and uh just the brand in general and keep enjoying it keep doing your thing and, and uh, you. holler if we can we can be of help of anything absolutely so appreciate the time my man Follow Leon on YouTube ASAP, ASAP. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Lee. All right, so that was our interview with Lee Steinfeld, aka Leon Hart. Make sure you guys go over to his uh, his YouTube page as he approaches a million subscribers. Check him out and watch him open some of the rarest Pokemon packs around. So we're going to go right into our next segment. It's going to be something we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. Here, it's called Stump the Shop. It's brought to you by eBay. So essentially what we're going to do here is each team, it's going to be myself as my own team, Tyler and Lou, as they're going to, they're going to partner up together. We're each going to get a thousand dollars and we're going to spend this thousand dollars whenever and on whatever on eBay to try to have the most money at the end of this segment. So again, this is going to be something we will track over the next couple of weeks as we continue this podcast. But essentially, we're each getting a thousand bucks and we're going to see who can turn this into more money. I, ideally, Tyler and Lou will, if, if you're asking from their end, they're going to try to come out on ahead to really, I think one of the things I, I want to get out of this is this segment will show that you don't, and I, I want to get your guys' opinion on this, Tyler and Lou, but this segment should be able to show that you don't need 16 years of card knowledge to to be able to flip cards and to really, you know, make a little bit of extra income uh, doing this as a side hustle. Yeah. I, I it, It's us, Lou and myself, novices, uh, against your veteran understanding of the game. And the, the real hope in this is uh, an educational process is if you, if we can show an individual, if we can show someone that it's possible to make these margins and how not on we bought a uh, Dwayne Wade and you, that means you need to go buy Dwayne Wade. It's why did we buy Dwayne Wade? What factors went into that purchasing decision that can be taken across any aspect of business, any arbitrage game oh, and apply it there. And if our failures and successes can be a roadmap for others, Yep. Whether it's in sneakers or calls or handbags or watches or garage selling, amazing. Yeah, I think that's that's crucial. Is there's, and we're gonna show 
with our two strategies here because they're going to be different. We're really going to be able to show that there's not just one way to go about this. We're going to go about this completely different ways, I think. Again, I haven't heard your whole strategy yet. So uh, I think that's th- this will be intriguing that we're going to do this two different ways. And both of them may be successful. Both of them are going to have flaws and things, you know, hiccups in the road. And we'll be able to show that to other people that to the yeah. listeners. And that- go, going right into that, uh, Lou, you want to you want to start it off a little bit how you're thinking about things? Yeah, uh, I'm going to open with it's going to be really awkward when we beat Ryan at something <laughs> that he has devoted his life to. But um, so if you can pull up eBay for me really quickly. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I decided to go with. Shout out to Leon. Shout out to Pokemon in general. Was a 1999 uh, Pokemon game, Bulbasaur, PSA nine, Shadowless. Um, so I got this card for 225. It was listed at 380. Uh, what I ended up doing was going back and forth with the guy. How how did you get it for three, 225 when it's up for 380? Well, that was 380 is high. Like he he had it at a high list price and it was with okay. an offer. So um, that's something that keeps happening in general with Pokemon right now, the market keeps getting reset because there's not that many of these floating around and then one gets listed and it goes. So, um, yeah, like I, I just went back and forth with them. Shout out to, uh, I can't see his name there, but I want to say it's Cooper's Cave Paintball, right? Is that what it is? Top right On top. the right side. Right, right over there. Cooper's Cave Paintball, yep. Yep, that's my guy. Um, so <laughs> I made a deal with him and... Basically, what I'm thinking with the Pokemon thing is with the next in the next four to six months, I think we're going to see something really crazy happen with Pokemon. Um, what I want to do is use that as a safety net for my second pick, which is a, a lot more risky. But I think I'm going to be pretty safe with that money, and that'll appreciate a little bit week over week. Um, and then my second one was a 2018 Optic Tyler Boyd Auto PSA nine, right in your right in your mouth, Ryan. I'm so excited for you this. Think you think you're going to win buying this? Cincinnati you hate Bengals. this. You hate this, and I love this. So, oh, my thought man. here is, wrap this up. My thought here is, as more people are entering the hobby in the next year, I think a lot of people are going to say, "Wait, how come quarterbacks are so expensive and playmakers are not?" Ryan, keep laughing. I agree. So, I, I don't disagree with the argument. Julio Jones and Michael Thomas are really good. I'm just I, I'm waiting for this explanation on why Tyler Boyd was the move. Tyler Boyd was the move because he was fifty dollars. Number one, that's number one. So fifty dollars for an auto, PSA nine. There were no tens. I couldn't even find one. So Joe Burrow, I think, is gonna have a lot of excitement around him this year. I think the Bengals are gonna have a lot of excitement around them in general. Yep. And where I think the opportunity with this card is, again, it's a very risky play. The play is I'm gonna wait for hope that Tyler Boyd has a big week one week with. Joe and try to flip it from there. That's like the look, the play with the card. I'm not, I would never lie and say, I think Tyler Boyd's going to be an elite wide receiver yeah. prospect going forward, but it, it's centered around football's coming back. More people coming in. Tyler Boyd has a big week, couple touchdowns and I can flip that card. Yeah. I think the, the definitely the big point there and where you could definitely really crush this is the attention Burroughs number one pick Heisman, a lot of expectations. The Bengals are going to be, Watch. There's going to be people watching the Bengals because of what they have around them. Are going they be good? I don't know. But yeah. yeah, exactly. Are they going to be good? We don't know. But if they are good, and with all the attention on them, and Tyler Boyd blows up, you're 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 definitely sitting pretty there. I. It's funny. We're on the same team, Lou. But every single person that's hit me up about anything to do with NFL, I reserve a ten percent chance that they don't play till the spring. Uh, and 
so that, that I just I just think so flipping the script to what where my side of the strategy is, and this is our internal team meeting. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm all in. To me, it's it's a soccer game. It's it's definitely a soccer game and an NBA game. And I'm thinking about raw. One of the things that I want to really start to focus my time on in this space is understanding like DJ who's in our chat. I'm just so pumped every time I see the com screenshot of like bought for a dollar sold for eight fifty. <laughs> I'm like at scale, that's real margins. And I think that those things are hitting quick. I think people can understand the raw game simpler once it starts to, you know, get more popularized. ComC is only the beginning. We know, I think it was Star Stocks just came out as well. A couple other platforms where it's just buying and selling of raw and some of these market factors of uh, goes out and scores two goals on his debut for a club or all of a sudden he gets called up to the English national team talking soccer or in game one comes out because starting port card just got coronavirus tested positive he's out all of a sudden next man up comes out drops 20 and 12 out of nowhere because he's been working out i think that can really get interesting so for me it's basketball and soccer younger guys raw buying lots and flip yeah Yeah. back to our internal team meeting that we didn't have (laughs) literally my hope and dream was that you were going to buy soccer because i have no idea (laughs) and i was like going to try to take advantage of something on the football side where you aren't as tuned in that was literally my thought press so I'm i'm so glad you said that W, you're finished. So, so my my strategy for this is going to be not necessarily buying one particular person or card and finding something uh, that I like a person that I think is going to be uh, you know explode like that. So to Tyler's point, Buster Posey opts out. Joey Bart, number two or three pick a couple years ago, is he the next man up? Right. I'm not. I'm not going that route. My route is going to be. I've done this this searching on eBay, finding underpriced lots and that kind of stuff for, for years now. So my, my secret or strategy in this for my internal team meeting is going to be searching eBay, looking for lots that are underpriced with typically poor titles. So uh, I get asked a lot like, Hey, how do you find these lots on eBay? What's your kind of your tips and tricks? So I'm happy to share these and we're going to share these right now. So first thing I always do eBay.com, right? Pull up eBay. Then what I'm searching for is lots, literally just lots, L-O-T-S. So Tyler, if you could search this for me, we're going to search lots on here. And then on the left side where all the categories are, you're going to search sports cards, sports memorabilia. Then you got to click on like sports trading cards. Yep. So click on sports trading cards. Then I'm searching for buy it now. It's only. So buy it now on top filter by that search newly listed. And then search $100 or more. So I'm not interested in the $4.99 grab bags that someone throws up on eBay with a bunch of 90s, you know, 1990s base cards I don't want. So I'm searching for more, typically things that are going to be higher priced. Now, you know, disclaimer, 95 out of nine or 100 things you look at are going to be overpriced, just fielding offers. Uh, that's not really what I'm interested in. What I'm looking for here is looking at the pictures and then saying and then seeing the price right next to it i'm looking for things that i think are underpriced and again a lot of this comes with doing this for 16 years or 15 years knowing you know having a good understanding of what things come or are are going for but if you're really big into one market football basketball baseball soccer you could you could filter this down by just your 
you know, the sport you're looking for, and it would give you a good idea. So I've purchased some things. I'm going to share my purchases next week, but essentially what I've been, been looking for here is, uh, is just listings that I think are underpriced. So what that entails is finding a lot, pricing it all out in like some sort of Google spreadsheet, like, Hey, this is going to sell for this. This is going to sell for this. This is going to sell for this. These are my fees. And if that number makes sense where it's, you know, a thousand dollars and the lot's 450, I'm going to go buy the lot for 450 because there's going to be room there. One piece of advice I always like to give here, right? Be conservative. If a, if you think a card's worth a hundred dollars and sales are at 80, you don't want to price it at a hundred dollars. You want to price it closer to 70, 75, because if that market trends down and you buy a lot and it comes a week later, that's one thing I, I like to preface here. So I was really conservative on a lot of my numbers, bought two lots. I spent $428. So I found the first lot I found is right here. It's a, it's a Garrett. The lot was listed with the title Garrett Cole rookie nine card autographed or autograph mega lot. So there's a couple things wrong with this. The autograph, the word autograph is not what you typically want to list an item for. It's typically the word auto auto will pull up more times than the word autograph. So when you search Garrett Cole auto on eBay, you're going to get a lot more results than you will for Garrett Cole autograph. So the word auto wasn't in the title. It also mentions nothing about the year at all. So there's no year. Garrett Cole's most rookie cards are 2013, some in 2012. So I found a lot. It was listed for like $99 starting bid or 200 by it now. Went through every single picture. There's nine cards total. Priced them all out super conservatively. I was like, these sell for 50, I'm saying 42 bucks. These sell for 60, I'm saying 50 bucks, right? You got to leave yourself room if the market trends up or down. So I priced it all out and I was like, and I think I can make a hundred bucks on this. Bought it, right? Soon as I bought it, and this is a something I, I've learned with doing this in time. Soon as I bought it, check to sellers other items. What else does this person have? If you find one good deal, they might have two good deals. They might have three good deals. So what else did they have? And that led me to my second lot. Seven card PSA, B, uh, BCCG graded, tell her to move the screen, uh, graded lot Clemente Thomas auto, right? So there's no, like, there's not really a lot there that tells you what it is. So clicked on the lot, same thing, went through all the pictures, priced it out conservatively. Messaged the seller because he originally had it up for 250. So kind of pulled a you know trick out of lose book. Hey, would you take 220 for this? I already bought this lot. Sure enough, bought it. And this that's the that's the route I went. Love it. So some vintage, some active current. And with Garrett Cole going Yanks, like yep. Garrett Cole Yankees. Um my my expertise isn't on isn't in baseball, but I'm looking for things that I think are underpriced from any sport, whether that be baseball, basketball, football, or even hockey. I'm not uh, the Pokemon or soccer expert like, uh, like you guys. So that's, that's a piece of advice I will get. I will, I would, I would give is stick to what you know, and you'll do a lot better. If you, you try to stick to what you know, that's typically where you'll, you'll find better lots and, and enjoy it and you'll enjoy it more. Absolutely. So next week we'll, uh, we'll go a little bit more into this. Hopefully we'll, uh, We'll start tracking sales, seeing how we're doing, what that looks like, um, and we'll continue this going forward. But this should be a fun, uh, fun sec- segment to to monitor over the next couple of weeks uh, and see how see how this goes. But we're gonna have to stump the shop. 
Stump the Shop is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for buying and selling trading cards and memorabilia. All right, so this is going to be something we end kind of every show on every week. Um, is uh, Rob, what what's coming into the shop, new product wise? What's coming out this week? What can people look forward to? What are some of those big products? Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely going to be a big release week. There's a lot of new product. Two I'm really focused on are going to be Bunsling Soccer uh, Tops Chrome. 1920 and then uh luminance football 2020 so two key points i see in this on why each product i think is going to do really well luminance football is going to be it's uh it's going to have brady's first buccaneers card in it so it'll be him pictured in a buccaneers card this typically is significant the hobby is all is is always seeming to focus on first for anything first year prism first year chrome first year refractor that kind of stuff so brady's first bucks card i mean He's played 20 years in New England. Every card's a Patriot. This is going to be a big deal, seeing Brady in, in those threads. And then Bunslinger has, again, you guys are going to know this better than I do, but Holland. Holland, yep. Holland, yeah. Bundesliga. Yep. You got to say like you're German, like Bundesliga. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Holland, who, great viral video, got thrown out of the club in Poland the other night. I didn't see that. I didn't see that either. Who did? Holland. He did? Yeah. The old, the old Snapchat video that goes viral. The classic Snapchat viral video. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, he has autos in this. And if you've seen anything from Topps Finest Soccer, uh, his base rookie cards, non-autograph, non-refractor, just base rookies from there do about $100. Uh, I saw a purple refractor to 250 sell for 600 uh, refractor variation rookie sells for 1000 Those are not autographs. So he's going to have an autograph in this and that it's, it's definitely going to be a, a chase card of that product for sure. Luminance has like the cool artwork, right? I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like Luminance, the cards are like nicer looking. Um, I don't know about any cool artwork per se in those. They've got, they've got on, they'll have like draft day, uh, like draft ink autos or draft day ink autos. They're going to be on card rookie autos from a lot of these guys. So that'll yeah, be Yeah, it does. It has like the, like the na- their names are in like cursive. Like it's like nice yeah. looking. Yeah, on card stuff. So that that will do well. Again, anything, uh, assuming it is actually on card this year. I know in the past years, it's been on card. If it's on card this year, that'll do well. Um, it looks but, like a sticker on here, but yeah. But yeah, Brady Brady in the Buccaneers jersey will will definitely help. Um, and then Obsidian Basketball, just another expensive higher end release for basketball comes out this week. Uh, and then Stature Hockey. So big release week, but uh, the soccer and. All right, you got to throw like hockey in there at the end, like hockey. Well, it's worth noting. <laughs> and also I'm, hockey. I'm, I'm going to become the biggest hockey collector in the entire world. You and four other people. Stevie Eisenman. I saw, I saw a good amount of hockey. Hockey's, hockey's big. It's, I'm sure it does better where there's markets for hockey. But but yeah, that is, uh, that is it for us for episode number two. Appreciate y'all watching. Feel free to follow me on Instagram or most socials at Card Collector 2. And then Tyler, Lou, any last thoughts? Good week. Have another one. Be curious. Thank you, everyone, for the super good feedback on episode one. We're having a lot of fun with it. We're going to get better every week. Appreciate any feedback. That's it for now. See you guys next week. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. 
Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.